This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm Jay Baylor. And we're just two guys who have no other trace now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection mm-hmm. one spine number at a time in order mm-hmm. of release. Mm-hmm. This week, we're drinking in that family drama life and elder neglect as we watch Spine mm-hmm. 217 in the Criterion Collection, Yasujiro Ozu's ta- Tokyo Story from 1953. But first, mm-hmm. RJ, you're... Uh, you're barely pronouncing your name now. I mean, it's been throwing me off now. I don't know. I'm, well, you I'm, don't I'm, like. I'm, I'm reeling from. <laughs> you don't like the speed at which I deliver my content. That's that. I mean, if you're listening to this at like 1.5 speed on uh, playback on a podcast, I mean, I don't even know what that would be. Yeah, but have you ever listened to us at 1.0 speed? Because it sounds like we're. Couple, it sounds like we we have challenges. A couple of slow pokes. It sounds like English is our second language for sure. Because uh, when I, I whenever oh, I like, God. if I go to a YouTube to you know like like the video, because I've said before, I'm proud of what we do. I'll like our videos. I'm I'm shameless like that, or I have no shame for that. Uh, and then I hear you talk. You're like, this is Jarrett <laughs> with the Criterion creeps, and I'm like, whoa, whoa. It's like, what is that all about? I'm a special little guy. Well, I'm just trying to uh, keep you on your toes, Jer. Sometimes, you know, uh, you're doing those intros. Sometimes you nail them. Sometimes you are you need a little help. So uh, that's why I... Push me over the edge? Yeah, I just, I'm just doing it for you. I only hurt you because I care about I you. Right, yes. Thanks, that's why I tell Andrea all the time. I'm like, because she's like, why, why do you do that? And I'm like, hurt the ones you love? Isn't that what the, the saying is? And Don't then I we? get her. You know what I mean, Jer? Okay. Get are just making fists over there? Allegedly, they'll never know. I got the I got the video here. Maybe oh. we'll, it'll be another unboxing video, and then everyone oh, will be like, with an RJ with his fist raise and that like mustache he's wearing currently. They'll be like, "Oh, that's the RJ I always imagined." Hey, uh, I had someone uh, say that they didn't like my mustache last week. You want to hear something that I I don't actually agree with? So, like, you know how I say. Like people say, I always look like other people. Yes. This one, be honest. Don't don't just agree because it would be funny. I had a, a kid say that he thought I looked like Hitler, <laughs> and I don't. I, I I said to him too. What? I was like, my must. I was like, my mustache is uh-huh. way bigger than his. You're the way- kid was reading a book on Hitler, you're and way- I was like, my mustache is way bigger. Well, I'm, for one, you're worse than Hitler. So I mean that. Yeah. I mean, let's just say that out there. But he doesn't know that. that you don't even have a Hitler stash. I mean, what's exactly. stu- kid's stupid? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, and I agree. I am way worse, but he doesn't know that. And that's why I was like, hey, I was like, you, you, you've done no research into my background, because if you did, you'd be crying right now. And you'd, be, you'd, be, no, asked, you'd be afraid. You'd be afraid. And uh, and I just be I was like, listen here, you little shit. And I pulled his shirt up a little bit like oh, like, shit. you know, like by the Are, collar. I was like, listen here. You know, this is admissible in court. Uh, well, this is a character I play for a podcast. Though. Mm, okay. And my name is Ujabar. See? Yeah, that's uh, the character that's played for the podcast. So anyways, what's new in your life? You got that uh, coronavirus or what? Uh, not yet. I've uh, dodged that bullet so far pretty successfully. Mm-hmm. I live, you know, Creepsville is sort of uh, geographically isolated at this time. For now. For now. So okay. that's fine. What I'm, about where you get your groceries? Those come from coronavirus places. Uh-oh. Like your toilet paper. Isn't my, that the big uh, issue? Iranian toilet paper? Wasn't well, that why uh, 
everyone's stockpiling or are they afraid that they're going to get quarantined and can't leave their house and so, that's why okay. so if we're going to be talking about these hot topics i mean i just I, I, about I, well, I did i did see this meme of uh uh-huh. of a baby yoda looking longingly into the distance it's like looking at empty shells where soap once was and saying mm-hmm. weren't people using soap all along Oh, so you think they weren't using toilet paper before? <laughs> well, I don't know. I hope. I mean, I've seen I've seen the state of some bathrooms, and I think uh, yeah, it's worrisome. You know what I think a move could be is like people could dunk their whole butt in there and then flush it, and then it just washes right away, right? Well, right. Well, well, well. Anyways, I was just uh, you know, I'm I might dunking. have coronavirus soon. Yeah, you are. Uh... I'm. I'm I'm going to an international airport tomorrow, so uh, who knows what kind of havoc has been wreaked in that place? Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, you're uh, you're heading down to a uh, a Bernie Sanders stronghold too, Colorado. It's true. Me and a friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, we're uh, we're going for a little weekend, Jarrett. So if any, I was going to say before, I, it's too late now, but if any creepers out there are in the Colorado area over the next three days. Look me up. I'll be there. You'll be you'll be somewhere in that state. Well, the state's not that big. I mean, you can get anywhere by driving within a matter of three to four hours. Mm-hmm. Once you're in the state. Well, there's the there's the challenge, folks. Yeah, Cat, come find me. Catch RJ if you can. Catch, well, better men have tried, though. You know what like, I mean? Like Tom Hanks? Uh, well, see, that's one of the guys that people say I look like that I don't agree with. I don't think I look like Tom Hanks. Like Not even remotely. Maybe in Philadelphia because of my luscious hair. Uh Hmm. You know what I mean? Hmm. He's got nice hair in that movie. I always liked it. I don't know why. Uh... Does he? Yeah, it's like that peppered gray. Phil, Adele. Or am I thinking of a different movie? I'm... You know Philadelphia, right? Um, right, Jarrett? Vaguely. I remember the movie Philadelphia. Ah! There's a trailer plane. Uh-oh. Did I just yell at you? Yeah, you did. You yelled okay, at well, I'm gonna... uh, the fans. <laughs> I'm used to it. Reel it in. Fuck them. Reel it in. Okay. Want to hear? Here. You want to hear about some emails? Females? Uh, not this time. Yeah. Okay. But maybe. Mm-hmm. We got an email here from Sugarhead. Whoa, Sugarhead himself. Is that how he's signing his emails? So it's signed off on. Whoa, baby. We also know this man as Reese. Oh yes, there he is. What's up with him? Yeah, with an email entitled Criterion Cooks. Cooks with O's? Yes. Okay, not with U's, right? Uh, Cucks? Yeah. No, Cooks. Okay. Hey there, creeps. Last week, Jarrett talked at length about his cooking exploits, which was uh, which I was a big fan of. I have a couple questions for you this week. Hmm. First, on the topic of food, what are your favorite food-related films? Secondly, would you consider doing a one-off podcast devoted to your favorite recipes, etc.? I think it'd be interesting to hear whether or not the Big Ride Boys are also Big Rye Boys when it comes to bread preference, for example. Sincerely, Sugarhead. I I like what he did there. Are you a Mm -hmm. Big Rye Boy? Uh, You know... I know I don't run toward the rye, but we I don't know should we be saving this for like this one-off podcast that we'll, we'll definitely be doing? Uh, it's possible. I mean, I'll uh, I'll just give you a little teaser and say that I do love uh, a good uh, Reuben sandwich. 
yeah, Rubens are pretty good. That's about yeah. the only time I would have a rye bread, I think. We get rye bread all the time. You know what's a really good snack, Jer? Just some rye bread with some butter on it. And if you're feeling frisky, crack some salt on top. Aren't, aren't most breads the best just with some butter on that? Yeah. Yeah. Me and Tom Hanks from Splash, we're eating uh, rye bread all the time. Hmm. Rye bread. Favorite food movies. Uh, you know what I always thought looked really good was that chocolate cake and Matilda. Huh. You ever, um, you ever think about that, Jer? No. Let's see here. Uh, well, I know in the Criterion Collection proper, we got Tampopo. Yeah. Uh, which one day we'll talk about. We have Sweet Movie. Is that is it sweet? Uh, I, I think it's uh, kind of raunchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. a little vomit-inducing, maybe. Sure. Uh, Blood of the Beast. That'll, that tells you about how food's made. Oh. Uh, how about, how about oh. that discreet charm of the bourgeoisie? It's about people who are trying to sit down mm-hmm. to eat, and they just can't. What about Dinner with Andre? Is that movie about Ex- food? Exactly. Hmm. Uh, hmm. For, I guess, <laughs> other food movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taxidermia. That's a, That one's fun. It's got a hot dog eating challenge in it. You should talk about things like Ratatouille. I do. I, I would talk about that Ratatouille. Ratatouille? That, that movie's stuck with me. The, the scene with the the crusty old critic eating that ratatouille mm. and being like, "Oh, it's warmed my heart." Uh, I mean, we've always been waiting for that to happen to you with a movie. It just a few things can uh, revamp that long dead thing. Or how about Soylent Green? Ah, that's a good food film. That's a good film. That's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, Delicatessen recently was on the Criterion mm. Channel. That's a that's a brown movie. What do you mean by brown? It's it's very brown looking, and mm. and, and orange and red and stuff. Is that Andre Junot or Jean mm. Junot? Jean Junot. What about Chocolat? Jean Pierre Junot. That's the ticket. Chocolat. Eh. Exterminating Angel, which is like the flip side of Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie by my boy Bunuel. Uh, movie I talked about previously on the podcast, La Grande Bouffée. Mm-hmm. about a bunch mm-hmm. of men who hire some prostitutes and go to the villa in the countryside and they just uh, engage in group sex and eat themselves to death. That's a good one. Hmm, that sounds good. What about Good Burger? <laughs> Haven't seen it. That's uh, me and Tom Hanks from Big. That's our favorite movie. Have you seen The God of Cookery starring Stephen Chow? Did you say cookery or cuckery? Cookery. With Stephen Chow? Yeah. I don't think I'm familiar with said movie. Is oh, it good? It's pretty... Well, see, I haven't even have it marked as watched on my my letterbox but that uh i've definitely seen that so i guess i should Mm. fix that i have seen the god of cookery (laughs) as well as um well i mean there's uh jan schwankmeyer's food or how about the cook the thief uh his wife and her lover of course that's one of the best food films ever that's got some eaten and uh the movie feed from 2005 about a man force feeding women to death um, I thought it was like, have you heard of those feeders? No. Oh, those like cam girls? That's what feed is about, my friend. Is it? Does he get a cam girl who eats and then feeds her to death? Yeah, he like he gets these these large ladies. He gets these ladies and then gets them larger and larger because mm. they just want to keep eating. And he's a, but he's a serial killer. Mm, is it good? No. <laughs> oh, okay. But, but I think it's a movie that more people need to check out. It's from the director of Lawnmower Man, Virtuosity. He's, and he also directed the Man-Thing TV movie. Mm, Man-Thing, which is not a good thing. No. Not as good as a Swamp Thing. That's, that's true. What about, um? 
Have you ever considered to becoming a cam girl? Like just showing like your feet or something like a, like cr- a, crashing a, eggs. A, like a cam boy. Yeah, like a cam boy. And it's just like you uh, like how Peggy Hill does. And it's just like people like pouring like food on her feet. Right. You never show your face. Just would you do it? <laughs> If the money was right? If the money was right, I mean, everyone, everyone's got their price, as Ted DiBiase would say. All right, all right. Good to know. Good to know. Now, or how about Fast Food Nation or Food Inc. or The Cove? Those are uh, good. Uh, not The Cove. <laughs> uh, so you're not going to back me up on Matilda and that chocolate cake? I'm good. What about that, uh, that pie-eating contest from Stand By Me? Sure. Okay. Those are mine. Okay. Let's go with that. Cool. And uh, I don't know. We we could. We could do a one-off podcast at some point. I mean, If interest was if, there. If interest was there. I'd like to. I, I mean, if we were going to do it, I'd want everyone to write in their uh, their recipes or something. They should. Let us know. Because we've given several recipes. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, though. Saving some of the good ones. Not all of them. Mm-hmm. Got to make it a lasagna this weekend. How'd that turn out? Pretty fucking amazing. Andrew made a gluten-free lasagna a while ago, and it was actually real good. You Hmm. couldn't even tell. You Uh, couldn't even tell. This one was meatless, but used, uh, like, whatever, vegan or vegetarian meat, ground beef. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I can't tell the difference. Did you cook the noodles before? No, used uh, the oven-ready ones. Okay. See, that was like the gluten freeze. You didn't you didn't boil them before. You just put layered them in, and then they cooked with the lasagna, and it it was delicious. Jared. So what else are you what are you gonna make next if you just covered a lasagna? Ooh, I don't know. I've uh, got my eye on this spicy tuna rice bowl thing. Mm. That that seems really simple. Perhaps a sure. uh, perhaps a chicken chow mein. Perhaps a mm-hmm. uh, a black bean dish. You should uh you should make my chili with my recipe. Your chili, and then uh, you'll be uh, removed from the whatever area you're in for the next week and a half because people won't want to be around you. That's that already happens. Yes, that does. No, no smell needed. Ready for yep. that next email? Yeah, sure. Nice to hear from that big sugary bastard. Well, I, I believe this is a first-time email. What? From one Ed Henderson. Ed Henderson? I got to say 100%. That's a made-up name. That person made that up. I mean, if it's your real name, that's cool. But uh, I'm on to you, Ed Henderson. So one Ed writes in, mm-hmm. Jarrett, you mentioned in a recent podcast that you think Repulsion is a bad movie. I'm hmm. someone who considers it a favorite, above even Rosemary's Baby in Chinatown. About hmm. 10 years ago, I went through a, a months long phase of extreme slept deprivation, sleep deprivation, uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to slep, slep, sleep deprivation, uh, brought on by anxiety. What I experienced was almost exactly as depicted in the film the blank expression, lack of proper communication, and emotional response, nightmares of break in, time distortion, etc. If mm-hmm. I had not gone through that mental hell, I could see myself being baffled by 
by or with Deneuve's acting and the pace of the movie. Instead, I was able to completely relate to the catatonic dread of the character despite being as far from a beautiful 60s French girl as possible. Mm. Polanski himself was not entirely satisfied with how Repulsion turned out, but maybe he was just too busy committing sex crimes to fully realize <laughs> his vision. Oh. It's it's possible. We'll never know, right? We'll never know. I mean, we'll never he, know. he didn't look like he was like too busy in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Well, his, I mean, his, he had his little fancy outfit. Not on screen, but uh, I heard uh, he just one of his new movies just won at a festival, and uh, everyone left because, you know, the rape. Allegedly, it continues. Also, oh, yeah. having seen Joker recently, I think Joaquin mm-hmm. Phoenix's "Look at Me, I'm Acting" portrayal of mental illness worked more on the level of comedy than realistic drama. I have a feeling that after the media frenzy is forgotten, it'll be seen as a great dark comedy and satire, even if that was not fully the intent. Thanks, and keep up the good work. Bring my favorite movies, Ed Henderson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, all we really do is we actively go out there to try to ruin movies for people. I, <laughs> I mean, we we don't try to, but uh, I don't know. Uh, can I tell you something, Jared? It's nice to hear from a new person for sure. But uh, I, uh, I don't think I liked Repulsion that much either, and um, not not having experienced it myself, but being in a research lab that used sleep deprivation. As a variable, I guess, as a context, uh, I've seen what that's like, and they didn't. Those those guys weren't having a good time. So, uh, did you study beautiful '60s French girls, though? Uh, in their souls, they were beautiful, and on their outsides, I thought they were beautiful too. So, uh, probably even more than the French, some would say. Some would say, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't too hot on Repulsion, but um. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What was that other movie he mentioned? Oh, uh, Joker. Oh yeah, I thought Joker was good. <laughs> maybe maybe we're wrong. I don't know. Maybe we're the monsters. Maybe we're the real monsters. But yeah, nice to hear from a new guy. Do you have uh, anything to add to uh, this uh, Eddie Brock style oh. villain that has been introduced to the podcast? <laughs> this little Eddie, big mm-hmm. big Ed. Well, big Ed. Uh, I don't know. I mean. I, I, a lot of people like Repulsion. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's like some other movies that we allude to every once in a while where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, boy, I can't wait to talk about that one again. Like, Repulsion should be totally my my jam. I, yep. I, I, I love Roman Polanski, and that's like one of his – I think that is his most celebrated earlier film. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. It just never, like, won me over, and I should totally be into it. But Maybe it's the rape. <laughs> You never know. You never know. You never, you never know. know. Yeah, I don't know. When is that? How how long is that for now? Like years? Oh, that's a long time off. Long okay. time off. Well, we'll just tease people with the fact that uh, neither of us really like that movie right now. And then uh, maybe in two, three years, we'll be dead. Maybe may our tune will change. And that'll be it. Well, I mean, it might, but I don't we'll really want to change that's it. Cool. Yeah. And I mean, as always, folks, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Everything, it's all subjective, baby. It sure is. Babe. Babe. Spe- speaking of babes, ba- mm-hmm. bays, Scott Bailey. Oh, wow. Wow. Over the last wow. couple weekends, I've seen mm-hmm. three movies based or loosely based on books. First one was Call okay. of the Wild. I enjoyed mm-hmm. the movie, 
The dog didn't bother me as much as I thought it would. Even though I enjoy the movie, I don't see myself watching it again. The other two movies are Color Out of Space and The Invisible mm-hmm. Man. I like them both a lot. If you like Nick Cage on uh, Nick Nick Cage on Mandy, you'll probably like him in Color Out of Space. He's not as crazy in it as he is in Mandy, but he does crazy mm-hmm. Nick Cage stuff. My question for you guys is: mm-hmm. What are some of your favorite movies based or loosely based on books? Let me direct you to my uh, Stephen yes. King ranked list and <laughs> the, uh, only, the only the only books. The only uh, book list. Uh, no, I'll try to find a different one. But uh, those two movies that he mentioned, I think, sound great. I, I mentioned before, I think Invisible Man looked really good. And then uh, Colorado Space sounds cool. So one sounds thing, good. So one thing, RJ, I've been noticing, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I, I don't want to be a hypocrite on this. Because I, I, sure. I kind of like through, like after It Chapter 2, I was kind of like, fuck mm-hmm. this. But I can see people watching that Doctor Sleep and it seems like people are pretty okay on that movie. You should buy it and lend it to me. Ugh, I don't want to buy. Uh, see, it's one of those movies. Like, I guess if it's like fifteen bucks, mm-hmm. I'll buy it blind. But well, or, but it's gonna be on Netflix or whatever. It's just gonna be available to stream sooner than yeah. later. So I, I'm just sick of paying like twenty five, thirty bucks to watch mm-hmm. something, and then if, even if I don't get to it in time, it's like, oh, there it is on streaming. It's like, God, what? The, why did I bother? Well, so that was the issue I had because I wanted to check out Doctor Sleep because I just read it right before it came out, and then uh, it's I can rent it on Cineplex, but it's the theatrical cut, and mm. it's like that director's cut's half an hour more. So I was like, if I'm gonna do it, Whoa. I'm gonna watch the director's cut. And there's the other bullshit for thing sure. Too. So so the movie is also released on 4K, but mm-hmm. I guess like the director's cut is only on Blu-ray and not in 4K. And I'm like, uh, all right, why? I don't know. So it's just like weird little like things like that where I guess it doesn't matter a lot, but at the same time, like, well, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to watch this movie once ever. Let's do it right. right the first time, folks. No, no chance. So uh, I, um, for terms of books that are based on movies, I have a, a tag that's called the book is better for movies that okay based on books that aren't very good. A lot of them are Stephen King's because obviously, but here's some that might surprise you, Jarrett. Solaris. Contact, The Nest, Rawhead Rex, and then the rest are Stephen King things. But, uh, you know, or Hellboy, Hellboy, just Hellboy. So when I read this question, I think of, uh-huh. like, books, movies based on books. Like, I, I always think of, like, have I, I have to have read the book if I – it's such a big topic. Like, a lot of movies are based yeah. on books. But I guess, like, you don't make that connection unless you've – read the book and then watch the movie and then you're able to actually make mm. that judgment because a lot of times like there's hundreds of movies i've probably watched that are based on books that i'll never read mm. well yeah definitely uh i mean for instance like i mean fellowship of the rings i guess is like mm. probably i mean i'd rather watch the movie than read the book mm-hmm. um, uh well that was actually one where uh, i think i meant i might have mentioned i read fellowship like uh a year or two ago at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And it, it gave me like a, be- a better appreciation for the movies. Those movies though, like it, it was almost never fair because I love that movie so much and I've seen it so many times. But like when I read the book, there were things that like the movie either shortened up or gave you a little bit more of. And I was like, it's exactly what you either want shorter or expanded on. I was like, they did a great job. 
I'm so just, uh, I'm just I'll give it some to Peter here. So I mean, like, okay, for instance, Jaws, right? That's based on oh, a book. Sure. No one reads the yeah. fucking book. Jurassic no. Park. No one should read that book. I read that book when I was a kid because I was just so into Jurassic Park as a thing. But just watch the movie. What about Congo? Oh, I read Congo. And uh, <laughs> that's another Michael Crichton. Uh, oh yeah, deluxe feature. Andromeda Strain. Watch the mm-hmm. watch the watch that movie. It's pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Sounds of the Lambs. Mm, that, there I you mean, go. I mean, I'd rather watch that movie. Red Dragon. Yeah, I've never read the book. I have it. I was intending to read it, but I mean that movie Manhunter. It, it sticks with me. What yeah. else we got on this oh, Fight Club, baby? Uh, this is so, so this is a weird one. Right? Okay, back. I don't care about him though. Okay, here's an odd one. Goodfellas. Mm. Okay, so I mean that's based on a book, but I mean, do people actually read the original novel, like or the whatever mm-hmm. bio book, the the Pelleggi book? Sure. I, I don't know. Well, and I don't know. I think you get into a weird area there too, where it's like things that are get get credited from like inspired by the short story or things like that. Because yeah, there's Dennis Lehan novels. Oh yeah, uh, Memen- I, Memento. What's that based on? Short story. It's probably based on a short story. I didn't even know that. I don't think. Hmm. Unless um, they just made that up completely. Yeah. Well, I mean, writers Christopher Nolan, Jonathan Nolan. Do they adapt yeah. something of their own? I don't. Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. It was a short story of theirs. That, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a big. It's a. It's a huge thing to discuss. I guess. Like you. You know what other what other guys' books don't always make very good adaptations. Neil Gaiman. <laughs> Most of his are TV shows, but I don't know. Uh, there's few of his. I, I like his books, but uh, a lot of the TV shows I don't like. They're just not very good. Coraline was fine, I guess, but I don't. I don't know. Everyone's like so hot on Neil Gaiman, like movies, like Stardust, and I'm like, I never liked Stardust. I don't think it's that good. Do you like Stardust? No. You like Robert De Niro pirate version? No. Mm. I'm, I'm saying no. Troubling. Trouble. So uh, I, I I agree with you earlier though, where you said it's like you need to read the book for it to count. So and like. Not even just because it's a joke, but like my Stephen King ranked list, that is like, I, I've read the book version of all of those. So I feel like that's uh, about as close to what you would like in one of these lists as possible with the the only condition being that it, it's exclusively yeah. Stephen King. Yeah, I think that's a, it's, it's a pretty big topic. Book movies? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. What about movie books? Have you ever seen one of those? A, a moving book? Sure. No. Oh. You what about to, Alita? What? What? You, you, you want to watch Color Out of Space? Yeah. Why not? Eventually. Yeah, well, whenever we get it or it's available on stream. Yeah. And, or how about that Invisible Man? Oh, I'd love to go see that thing. Uh, there's no one I can go watch movies with, though. No. <laughs> not a single person. Not a one. Uh, well, this weekend I'm unavailable because I'm going for that creep meetup in Colorado right. that uh, you can attend. But, uh, you know, one of the weekends afterwards, if you'd like to see the follow up from uh, the man who brought us Upgrade, I would love to go see that. Jared. <laughs> see, that's, the thing, that's, that's the thing that ultimately kind of pushed me over the edge on that movie. It's like, this is the from the man who brought us Upgrade. Mm hmm. I, I, I'm stoked for it because that's all I needed to hear. But I think I said before, like I actually saw this trailer, like I think before a movie or something. And I was like, I like that. looks good. Yeah. Looks good. Bruh. Next up, Justin ah, Peterson. There he is. 
Hey, Jared and RJ, what's happening? Not much. So this week, I wanted to get the scoop about what led you, uh, led you to you all becoming the premier globally recognized mm-hmm. Criterion mm-hmm. Creeps podcast mm-hmm. with over a thousand yep. YouTube subscribers and yep. approximately an average three hundred plus hits per episode on SoundCloud. Definitely. Number one, uh-huh. what are some of your most memorable show milestones where you saw a surge of viewers come in? Did this come from a certain movie you did, or uh, when you added additional platforms, marketing, or social media? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's no particular movie. There's no any mm-hmm. one episode. There's definitely like "It's Wonderful Life" still is like I think our most played episode, really by, by far on uh actual on the SoundCloud side. Uh, mm-hmm. Most viewed YouTube though, Salo. It's like it bums me out so much too because that's where we get all the hate and it's all these people's like Savo is so good. It's a metaphor and and as far as for platforms, I mean, if I was giving advice to somebody, uh, YouTube's huge. YouTube mm-hmm. was the biggest thing. But every time uh, in the early days when people shared us on Reddit, there were big upticks. But mm-hmm. uh, have never spent a cent on marketing or anything like that. Yeah, basically, I mean, the Criterion brand, I think, kind of helps because people know what that is. But I mean, right. it's it's super niche. I'm mm-hmm. sure we could be doing the same podcast and have chosen chosen something a bit more popular, and we'd probably mm-hmm. better served by it. And but yeah, YouTube's big biggest thing of, of all. You think so? I don't know anything about this. You yeah. you you do all that stuff. So uh, I mean, I do all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for whatever reason. I've, I've mentioned it before. I, I mean, yeah. I just put them up there because, I mean, I would mm-hmm. I would never listen to anything like that that way. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it helps people. I think even Justin, was he found us via the YouTube. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's uh, very helpful and it doesn't cost you anything other than the time that you have to make the little clip. Yeah. And you just have to put up with uh, people's uh, negativity. The negativity. Yeah, I... I... I mean, other people don't have to, but uh, we do. Oh, yeah. We do. Number two, how long did mm-hmm. it take you to talk RJ into doing the podcast? Uh, I don't think I don't think a whole lot. Not really. There was like, a, it was like over the course of a, a summer going for walks and being like, RJ, we should do a podcast. That's how I think. And then you were like, I, well, whatever. I mean, I'll do one. And that seemed to be about it. And yeah, I think as I remember it, it was presented as I think you were like uh, the first I heard of it. I think you said I, me and my friends have been thinking about doing a podcast, but it's a criterion one a week and we're not sure if you can do it or if we will be able to do it. And I was like, it's a movie a week. Who gives a shit? Just watch it. And then now I'm looking at my past self and just crying <laughs> from the curse that I, I, I let to myself. But yeah, I think that's all it was. You're like, you want to do this? Try it out. Yeah. Try it out. That's, yeah. Number three, do you have any listeners in Creepsville that ask you about the show on the regular? What? Wait, can you repeat that? I I listen, but I I didn't understand. Do you have any listeners in Creepsville that ask you about the show on the regular? Oh, uh, I have a few. Yeah. I have a few. What about you, Jer? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to out them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can out themselves if they want, That's but right. uh, maybe one or two of them have even written into the show before. Uh, uh, I think I've, yeah, I've definitely brought up a couple of them on the podcast in passing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had one on the podcast once, so yeah. that's a that's a big thing. And then uh, we talk about friend of the show Ryan Nagel all the time, so mm-hmm. uh, he he mentions the pod sometimes. He, he, uh, he's not really a creeps villain anymore. He listened to the pod. Yeah, 
He's a from Creepsland. Uh oh, just north of Creepsville. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But uh, it's the g- general vicinity, so it's closer than anyone else, I guess. Yeah. Number if four. You, put it out. Uh-huh. you have stayed remarkably consistent with your format. Have you guys ever considered hmm. changing things up? Not really. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we've received we're fine, some. Right? I've I've received like people saying, "Hey, you know, it'd be better if it was shorter," because <laughs> mm-hmm. it would just be, which is probably true, but probably. it wouldn't be the show I want to do. Yeah, some people, we've had people comment before about making it shorter, better marketing, advertising. But at the same time, we don't really give a shit. Number five, what episodes mm-hmm. were surprisingly popular other than Salo? Salo, number one. With uh, a bullet. I think there was a lot in the, um, like when you go to the YouTube, the ones that are most popular that I was surprised by, like Night Porter. Yeah. I was surprised by that. Uh, the well, Jacques Tatis. Yeah, I don't know why that one like has such yeah. legs to it. Apparently, uh, the obscure object of desire is like number eight or nine on our most played, which that surprises me. Yeah, holy shit, Salo! Big time, half over halfway to ten (laughs) thousand. Jesus, Uh, the Twin Peaks uh, compilation I put uh, together—that's over five, eight and a Mm -hmm. half, eight and a half's trucking along. Passion of Joan of Arc is up there, and there's old M. Hulot's Holiday, the Tati episode. Grand Illusion, which makes sense, is the mm-hmm. only other one that's over a thousand on YouTube, and uh, over yep. on the SoundCloud, and I, I, I just know that uh, whatever it's, whatever it's called, yeah, it's a wonderful it's life. It's a wonderful life. One. And uh, yeah. Through a Glass Darkly, wow, that is a big drop off between the the our two most popular tracks. Whoo, mm. it's like you're almost like talking a, like a third or a fifth, a fifth. What's the What's the second one? Second uh, most through a glass darkly in winter light. What? Oh, how? That just came out. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. There's definitely ones that have more than that. Hmm. Suspicious. Yeah. It doesn't add up. Not really. Yeah, I don't know. There's a. I think there were ones we were surprised at when they were coming out, but it's so far, like so long ago. I don't know. <laughs> I think I was always surprised RoboCop wasn't as popular as I wanted it to be. Yeah, I mean, as time goes on, yeah, there's episodes that have more than that 300-odd ones. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, as time goes on, people go back and listen, and we see all mm-hmm. those little numbers. We have those weird little upticks, and you sometimes wonder, who are these mysterious people listening? They never mm-hmm. write in. Except for uh, when they use fake names, like a uh, new, new nickname, fake name, Ed Henderson. Fake Ed? Fake Ed, yeah. It's like Evil Ed. Have you ever seen Evil Ed, Jared? I know you have. Oh, I've seen Evil Ed. I, I don't recommend it. I'd rather, I'd go Fake Ed over Evil Ed any day of the week. Number six, can mm. you give us a sneak peek at any specials you are working on now for Ghoul School? Uh, Well, we've mentioned before, right? May is coming. Did we say what we were going to do or did well, we... We haven't decided. <laughs> should we put a vote out there or... Well, no, it's too tough because like... Because uh, you can't poll on Instagram the way I'd like to. And then Facebook, we don't... I, I think Facebook's like our least popular social media. Oh, Facebook's so junky. That yeah. I, I hate that. The page, like, on our end, the admin side, yeah. it is so bad. I, we, I, we, I, miss we literally mes- I miss messages all up. the time. I, yeah. I, I hate it. I, I don't even know until I get a notification that someone likes something and someone posts it. I go, what? When does someone mm-hmm. post something? Oh, I, it's the worst. 
yeah, it's uh, it's really frustrating because I can't even look at our page itself because whenever mm-hmm. I click on it, it's like, here's marketing things Facebook wants you to do. And it's yeah. like, I don't care about that shit. Get out of here. And yeah, I miss stuff all the time because uh, even friend of the show, Oliver Granger, emailed in because he was talking about like uh, that movie I was trying to think of where the director made a movie about himself where all the women were lusting after him. He said it was My Life is a Dog. And uh, I, I, I just uh, saw it like a minute ago because I was like, I wonder if anyone's on the Facebook. But yeah, I would have never I, known. I totally missed that. I would have never known, Jer. God damn it. So wait, well, well, how did we get to this again? Uh, specials. What are we doing for cool school? Well, May, there'll be, uh, there'll be something in May. There'll be something. We'll either decide or, I don't know, we could vote on something else maybe. I don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll figure it out, right? Number seven, do you guys uh, ever take vacations? Seems like other than <laughs> weddings, you guys always stay hunkered down in Creepsville. Uh, well, we don't have well, a lot of money. What a, what a coincidence that you are leaving for the that, next several days. It's purely coincidental uh, and nothing other than that because, uh, believe it or not, uh, me and Ryan and my other friend Taylor, we've been friends since we were all like four years old. And this is the very first time we've ever gone away on a weekend together other than like a steak. But steaks don't count. Steaks are a, a different – Oh, whatever you're Steak. saying is very saucy. I can't. Why, I, did, Skype doesn't want me to know. Oh, did you hear any of that? Nope. Oh, I, I was saying. Other than stags. Oh, well, I was saying I'm going on a vacation, but it's uh, it's kind of rare because uh, even though I these are the oldest friends I've had, we've actually never been on a vacation together, like a weekend away, a, a boys trip, if you will. A, other a, than a, a mancation. A mancation, other than stags. But I said stags are a different thing altogether. That's a different dimension of yeah. of being, so it uh, doesn't quite count. But no, uh, I don't know. Don't take a lot of vacations. How about you, Jer? Nope. <laughs> nope. We're so dedicated we, we, to this global all, phenom. All, all my money goes to fucking Blu-rays and shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, to Arby's. 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 Taco time. Yeah. Well, so what are you going to do? Number we're eight. Oh, yeah. What are your updated picks for episodes you are most excited for or are dreading the most? Hmm. What do we even got? I got to look at our calendar here, Jer. Do you have any? Oh gosh. Uh, well, I mean, geez. I'm kind of dreading the Cassavetes box set. Like I like I like Cassavetes, but uh, that's a lengthy endeavor. I'm looking forward to watching Onibaba again. Cause it's been forever oh, yeah. since I've seen that. I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't looked up. Actually, I have to type out our uh, our schedule soon because we're closing in on that episode 200, RJ. What is that going to be? Uh, probably a Laserdisc movie. Oh. Some, some Marx Brother action, I'm pretty sure. Is that good? Hopefully. Okay, let's see here. Hey, look, it's, uh, it's Robert Altman's Three Women. That images movie would go along very nicely with that, wouldn't it? Testament of Dr. Mabuse, a movie I've owned for years and have never watched. I guess that'd be nice. Oh, look, another Ozu movie, Floating Weeds. There you uh, go. The Leopard, which I also own on Blu-ray and have not yet watched. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, what whoa. about... What? Whoa. Whoa, buddy. What happened? Yeah, there's that big Cassavetes, big boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking forward to Fat Girl. Tell you that much. Oh, yeah. That's a fun one. That's not. Uh, oh, and right after Fat Girl's Eyes Without a Face. 
Is that also? I think I own that movie. Yeah, and it's got the the before mentioned Blood of the Beast short film on it, and then Fanny and Alexander. Hell's yeah. We're only gonna watch the one version of that though, right? Shit. Yeah, we'll pick one. We'll probably watch well, the, 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 the long the, one, the, the right? television version. Yeah, but we've both seen it before, so that's a that's a slam dunk. Amazing. Yeah, it'd be nice. How that happened? Yeah, I, I messaged Georgia the other day, including this week. Uh, 12 of the last 15 movies have all been black and white. Mm. I don't like it. No. Hey, I'm excited for Hoop Dreams 289. Yeah? Yeah, because it's uh, different than uh, things like Andres Wadja three war films. Hey, those will, I think those will actually be good. What about My Private Idaho, a movie that uh, roommate Scott was really excited for, watched it, and thought it was bad. Yeah, movie is not one of uh, Gus Van Sant's better movies. It happens. And right. finally, number nine. Oh, oh yeah, uh-huh. do, do, I don't know if there's any that you're dreading. I don't think there's any specifically. I've mentioned Batgirl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, I'll, let me take a look at this. Being a, a per, uh, ooh, king, The King of Kings, Cecil D. DeMille from 1927. That, that sounds good. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, silent films, that guy should be okay. Is that a movie about Christ? Ooh, actually, you know what movie I'm actually kind of looking forward to right now is The Tin Drum from our good buddy uh, Volker Schlondorf. Mm. Are you, though? His movies, his Volker's done some good stuff, though. What did he do again? Uh, Last Lost Honor of Katharina Blum. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the, oh, was the, the one with the, the, the German one or the, Australian or Australian Austrian woman in the country house uh Philadelphia Philadelphia that's the ticket yep 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 outstanding oh <laughs> more genre noir movies mm. <laughs> nobody oh, wants that how did I skim over God, Videodrome oh I, I wasn't even going to mention it because I, I feel like people just know that that's coming up in a matter of months my god months my god Probably the end of the yeah whatever number it's nine. Any what? other memorable show moments you can think of? Um, that's, I don't know. That, that's more for like uh, listeners. Listeners to tell us what are your most memorable moments of our show. Maybe save those <laughs> up for episode two hundred. Yeah, that that would be really nice actually if people could say something that uh, really stuck with them, whether it was funny or say horrifying, pathetic. Pathetic, uh, yeah. Any, any, any emotion. <laughs> any emotion, good, mm-hmm. good or bad. Good or bad. Goat movie question of the week. All right. It seems like you have talked about just about every director thinkable on this podcast, but I don't recall you chatting about the movies of Michael Mann. My original fave mm-hmm. has to be The Last of the Mohicans with that kick-ass soundtrack, but on mm-hmm. a rewatch, that movie had way more Hollywood cheese than I remembered. Future Creep Thief was way better the second time I saw it, and his combination mm-hmm. of 80s flair and Hannibal Lecter came together nicely for Manhunter. Which ones are your favorites? I uh, think we've talked about Manhunter a pile even tonight. Just tonight. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. I've got my Michael Manns are actually uh, just up here on the shelf near me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jericho Mile. Heat, that Heat. Yeah. Heat, uh, I would say Heat has got to be my favorite, but uh, I've actually always been really uh, partial to Collateral. I like Collateral. It's good. Collateral's pretty good. Collateral's yep. pretty good, and uh, Public Enemies is not good. No, Public Enemies pubic enemas as i called it when i went to the theaters <laughs> uh, 
uh, when I got out of the movie, I said they should have called it pubic enemas. Yeah, and and uh, yeah. everyone clapped. Slow clapped, yeah. Uh, Black Cat wasn't bad. It's I've like, heard that. That, that movie, people dumped on that movie pretty good when it came out, but it's not mm-hmm. bad at all. It's fine. Yep. But uh, Miami Vice is uh, good times. I saw all E on Christmas Day when it came out, Jerp. Yeah, that movie is not so great. Nah, but uh, when I was 11 and I went to a movie on Christmas, I thought it was pretty wild. Uh, the the ins- Keep's pretty good. The, the Keep is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I've only seen Thief once. Thought it was decent, but uh, yeah. I think I might like it more one day on the show, just yeah. like Justin. So all around a good time, other than maybe Ollie and Pubic Animas. Yes. Yeah, I think that's fair. Seems legit. And yeah, Last of the Mohicans, that like big final uh, like chase scene with that mm-hmm. music. Oh, so good. I don't think I've ever seen that movie, Jarrett. Really? I've seen parts of it. That's but, like, uh... that's like I mean, with old Daniel Day-Lewis. I, I know, mean, I do, know. doing his like Mel Gibson impersonation. Come on. I it's, know. It's like the most the... Mel movie without Mel Gibson. Too much appropriation, man. That movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. There's Is like, it actually scary? No, it's just like when I was a kid, just the idea of like a man uh, burning alive, that fucked me up. Well, you'll you'll get there too yeah. once my plan comes into play. What? As always, thanks for the time, Creeps, and have a great show. We will mm-hmm. hopefully yes, do we will. so, Justin. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for the questions. Finally, Rob Eagle. <sighs> Ooh, Hi, Robert Creeps. Eagle. Jared and RJ, the Lost Doggos. Ma mm. or Pa haven't appeared to bail them out, so they remain behind bars mm. as guests in the sanctuary, enjoying good food and exercise. The first 40 hour, 48 hours apparently is crucial in lost people cases. This equates mm-hmm. to two weeks in dog years, so I guess there's still hope for a reunion. I shall, of course, mm. keep you posted. Our latest fundraising scheme, hand-knitted panhandle covers, has proven less successful than expected. There have, however, been several overseas orders from countries still in the icy grip of winter. Mm. And then he sent along a photo of these hand-knitted panhandles. That what do they look like, Jared? Penises. They look like erect penises. See, I feel like that kind of... Uh, so I saw the picture, and I, I liked it. I feel like that shtick uh, should have caught on more than uh, he's he's saying it did. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, if the it goes into the hands of the right the right people, they'll mm-hmm. uh, they'll make that popular. That's right. I don't know who those people are, but you know, it just occurred to me one of these days I'm going to have to get around to talking to you guys about movies. <laughs> Keep on creeping, creeps, Robbie. I, I I don't think he has to do that. No. This is barely a movie podcast as it is. It's true, but uh, that's too bad to hear about uh, those poor pups. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully, they get a good home yeah. someday. Well, RJ, uh, mm. as you mentioned to me off air, you uh, have to leave early tomorrow morning. True. So we should get going. Hey, RJ, what you been creeping on? Uh, a whole lot. <laughs> That's it. Wow. Uh, huge. No, I, 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 huge. I got some movies, but uh, I actually don't really want to talk about them that much. Uh, so I watched Train to Busan, uh, a movie that everyone lost their fucking mind over four years ago. And I got to tell you, Jared. I don't really see what the hype is about. I thought it was fine, but uh, I remember everyone was like, oh, I'm so over zombie movies, except Train to Busan. And like, that's what everyone said. And when I watched this, I was like, this is exactly the same as all other zombie movies. I don't really put it on a train, but it has heart, RJ. Remember? It's got heart. Barely. You got this piece of shit dad who's like, am I going to become a better father near the end of this? And it's like, kind of, but come on. 
So uh, I was dabbling in some of that Korean cinema that uh, the kids are so hot on to uh, nowadays. So uh, what what do you think of Train to Busan? Uh, when I watched it, uh, what, three years ago now? I liked mm-hmm. it. I thought it was a yep. uh, well-made action-y movie. It, tr- it moved along at a good clip. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's a- yeah, it's it's not bad. Like uh, I'll say, I actually. I mean, like, as, as as like a horror movie of its type, yeah. like a sort of mainstream horror movie. I thought it was like very well done. Yeah, like I, I, uh, I undersold it a little bit. Like it's it's a decent enough movie, but uh, I think this is one of those ones that the hype machine got for me because I just remember everyone always talking about it. They're like, "Well, Train to Busan," and so yeah, it was built I up mean, for me. I, I have a feeling that uh, perhaps some horror podcast that you might listen to might be uh, mm. souring your view of this movie to a, to a degree mm-hmm. um, because they like to really talk this one up uh, far above its stature. I mean, yeah. I just, I mean, as just as a, whatever it came out 2016, I mean, as far mm-hmm. as uh, contemporary horror stuff goes, it's not too bad. Yeah. It's, it's a well-made movie, but uh, I don't think they, uh, they break the wheel at any point. Like there's nothing new in this that uh, I was just like, Oh wow. No never seen that before so uh which i mean i don't need that every movie because nothing's original but anyways i was just when i was watching it i was like i don't really know what everyone was talking about that this like was the best thing in the world it's fine it's fine so uh silly hype silly hype so then i uh i followed it up on shutter with uh saul station which is the prequel to train to busan and is animated is it is animated uh so i don't know i was like i'll throw these on and i heard there's a sequel uh coming out this year peninsula or something like that so i was like i'll check these out finally um the animated one it's fine uh i was a little bit bummed out to be honest because i was like I, i i wanted them i feel like when you go into animation there's so much more that you should be able to do because you're like well there's we can do any effect that we want. It's animated. But uh, more or less, it, it seemed pretty, like, subdued in that sense. Like, it's, I don't know. This could have been with people, and you, it would have been just the same movie. So it, it just follows, like, it's eerily, again, about a father and daughter and a father trying to find a daughter in the city as the thing breaks out. But um, I don't know. Not much to write home about on that either. It's fine. Yeah. If you really like Train to Busan, you'd probably like it. But uh, I don't know. It's all right. So and then, Jared, I watched another horror movie that people were like somewhat warm on a while ago. You ever heard of Overlord? Yes, I recall the Overlord. <laughs> the Overlord. Uh, I remember when I saw the trailer for this, I was like, ooh, I was like, that looks cool. I like that a lot. But you know what, Jared? I don't think they went for it enough. They just didn't go for it. They don't have enough Nazi experimenting zombies in this thing. Oh. And I know what I know what someone's going to say. Uh, they're going to be like, dude, they're all over the place. And it's like, it's not enough. There's too much like they have actual war stuff. And there's like too much of that, if that makes sense. Because it's like... I don't know. You have an intro where it's like all these machismo guys on a plane and they're like, huh, what are you? What are you? One of them like weird boys who likes boys. <laughs> and then they're like eating gum and slicking their hair back. So, uh, which I mean, that sounds I like figured, you. Well, well, uh, it's a lot of like tough guy stuff. And you're like, all right, whatever. I, I'm sure that's how 
military guys are. But uh, after a while, I just stopped listening to the dialogue because I was like, I don't need to. I was like, I'm I'm not getting anything out of this in life. So I stopped listening to the dialogue, and then I'd I'd watch when I thought stuff cool stuff was happening. But in terms of like. I think the idea is really nice where it's like, yeah, the Nazis did a lot of really horrible stuff in uh, testing and they like they give you a little glimpse at it. There's one like head that's a head with a spine and it's like talking because they like reanimated it. And I was like, I want to see more of that stuff. But then I also get into that bogged down area. I was like a head without lungs can't talk. What are you doing? Maybe that's real science. Maybe it is real science. But uh, you have a few things like that. But ne- there's never enough, and the only thing it is, is eject themselves, and then they can't die, and they're gooey. And I was like, that's fine, but I was hoping for, I don't know, more like Resident Evil style mutant things, hmm. if that makes sense. But not a Resident Evil movie because I'm not really on board with that either. So I don't really know what I wanted, Jer. I don't know. Is Do like you? I know. I don't know. I never know. So I did a complete left turn yeah. after that, and I watched a movie called Antigone, uh, a Canadian film, Jared. I, I know, and a French-Canadian? A French-Canadian film from a lady called Sophie Deraspe. So, so a French-Canadian movie directed by a woman. What, what do you think my uh, response was? <laughs> well, uh, I... It's fine. <laughs> uh, so this is why I watched it. Um it was on Crave and Crave has like a partnership with Tiff now. Okay. And they're going to like, um, there was one guy, what is his name? Michael Rankin. I can't remember what he's done before. He did a short that uh, Crave has a partnership with Tiff and they're going to bring Tiff movies to Crave now. And I was like, that's cool. I'll, I'll check one of those out. And this was uh, one of the ones that just kind of got added on there. So I threw this on uh, for a complete left turn because I was like, well, I watched like two horror movies. Maybe I should get like a real movie in there. Uh, I was going to watch The Quick and the Dead, but uh, I went with Canadian French cinema instead. Uh, It's about like so this family um, of immigrants that come to Canada and then they live there for a while and then they get involved in the legal system and like immigration is like a threat to them now to like be deported back to their own country. And I think that this thing's like, it's a like it, it says it's a commentary on like Canadian immigration things. But I actually, when I was watching it, I was like, it's kind of silly, uh, like how it kind of plays out. So it claims an adaptation of a classic Greek tragedy of the same name reimagines the story of a woman's quest. And I was like, okay. So it's like this lady uh, and her named Antigone and her brother gets convicted of a crime. So she goes in and helps him escape and takes his place in prison. And then she's on trial because they're like, well, you let him because he was going to get deported. And she's like, I don't want him to get deported. We can't go back there. So she goes in. She's like, But the whole time I was watching it, I was like, it doesn't really like to me, at least I was like, this doesn't really make sense to me. I was like, this seems like they I was like, I don't really get this plan. So like, I understand it was if it's based on a Greek like story, it was like, well, maybe it was like a mistaken identity thing where you like swap out or I, I don't know the whole time watching. It, I was like, I'm confused at like what her 
what she was hoping to achieve from this was. And like she said, like she says it very clearly. She's like, I don't want him to be deported. So I'd rather be in jail. But I don't know. Maybe it was just me. I was like, I don't know. It's a, I was like, I don't see where a meets B on this one. And I, I mean, people do plans all the time that have no like logical thought that doesn't stop them. But uh, what was I going to say? It's got some nice stuff to it. Like there's scenes where it'll cut to like uh, little montages of like either people that have died in the movie or like her becoming a celebrity. But then I get kind of annoyed because uh, there's times where it's like um, they show that she's in high school and her high school friends like are trying to help her cause and they go to her trial and then their phones ring all the t- like in the trial as like an act of protest. And I was like, I find that kind of annoying. It was like, she, I was like, she did it. She's guilty. I was like, what are you protesting for? So I'm the bad guy, I think for thinking that, but, uh, well, you're, you're a real rule, rule of law. I am. I was like, I was like, like, and she even said, she's like, I'm guilty. She's like, put me in jail. And then her friends like make a stink about it. Cause they try to get her out. And I was like, I was like, I don't know, maybe it's uh, because I don't live in a place where this is a very like common thing happening to a lot of people. I was like, I don't see this very often. So I don't really understand it. If that makes sense. I think the movie itself is, it's fine. I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I like, I think it, I think it's a fine movie, but, uh, I, I'm losing it. It loses me a little bit just cause I, I have no real connection to it. I was like, I don't really get this. Does that make sense? Sure. Sure. I'm not a French immigrant in Montreal is what I'm saying. Right. And it does. This it is didn't true. Really, I can, I can, you can vouch for can me. Vouch, yeah. And it, it didn't really convince me of why I should be like, I don't know not like considerative or empathetic to it because that's obvious. Like when people, I don't know. Anyways, it's okay. It's not bad. I'm sure some people would like it a lot. Know what I mean? Sure. What do you like a lot, Jarrett? Well, I haven't logged this because I'm in the process of watching it, but mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like I've mentioned this individual in the past, but okay. are you familiar with Chris Chan? I think so. But why? Just, well, so there's a documentary series on YouTube. It's entitled Chris Chan, A Comprehensive History. Okay. This is a project that began, I believe, either at the very beginning of 2019, late 2018, mm-hmm. directed by one Gino Samuel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're looking at this on Letterboxd yet, or if you're taking I'm going to... You're going to begool that? Uh, did did I bagool out for a second? Oh, you've been bagooling all left and right here. Uh, it's, been, it's been a good time. Okay, but, well, I'll try. Okay, but Chris Chan, A Comprehensive History. Okay. Uh, you not there yet? Uh, I'm trying. Hold on. Chris Chan, A Comprehensive... Oh, okay, I found it. Okay, now take a yep. look at that runtime. Okay, are you fucking with me here, Jared? No. Nope, nope. So that's Did you watch that entire thing? No, 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 no. I'm only okay. on part I'm on part six of twenty-five. Each part okay. is forty minutes long. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am I am going through it. So Chris Chan is this individual, uh somewhat of an internet celebrity mm-hmm. who kind of rose to prominence via Encyclopedia Dramatica which was okay. the repository for Wikipedia information uh, mm-hmm. around 4chan at the time. Chris Chan is a uh, self-described 
at the time highly was a high functioning autistic who is looking okay. for a boyfriend less girl and this sure. is and this is his this is the documentation of his life who uh, mm-hmm. the documentary claims is one of the most uh documented uh men in history okay uh people can look up his his, his full name is Christian Weston Chandler he is a he is as described high functioning autistic who mm-hmm. does himself no favors. Okay. He's been on the, on the internet for a while. He does YouTube videos. Cyber mm-hmm. bullies have descended upon him countless times. And this this video, this project is kind of like an extension of that bullying. It's it's a f- weird thing, but I don't know. I it, it brings me back to when I was working at a hotel front desk with lots of downtime and mm-hmm. finding things online and following the drama of Chris Chan on Encyclopedia Dramatica. And, uh, I mean, I never partook, partaked in this, uh, world. I just kind of read it and sometimes mm-hmm. laughed, sometimes sighed, felt bad. But then you read the things that Chris Chan has said himself and you go, what the fuck is going on? What's going on over there in Virginia? Sounds kind of like Jeff town. It is, uh, very similar to Jeff town. Uh, in some uh-huh. ways, whereas like, but I mean, Jeff Town has, I think, less less agency in a lot of ways, and that's a one off documentary in the hands of one Lloyd Kaufman. This is a twenty hour documentary, so this is what twice the length of Showa at this point, mm-hmm. and it, it's ongoing because Chris Chan's still active. So, like, is it just he just records himself all the time? Is that all it is? Or? Yeah. So, yeah, Chris Chan, uh, Chris, Chris, Christian Weston Chandler, he, okay. he, he has this character called Sonic, Sonic Chew. Okay. When uh, apparently at some point Sonic was exposed to some chaos orbs and then he got into contact with the Pikachu and then they mm-hmm. fused and it's a creation of his own. And he makes comics about Sonichu mm-hmm. and like the Sonichu family and all these like derivatives of various people that Christian Chandler knows, uh, including the uh, a woman like a dean of a college that Chris Chan was f- kicked out of because mm-hmm. he was like essentially soliciting women with signage, uh, basically to to cure his virginity. And uh, I don't know. Did you say cure? Yes, yes. This is. The, I'm trying to like capture For what how, end. So he's so he's no longer a virgin, a virgin or whatever he would call himself. Uh. It's, it's it's. This is again. This is as comprehensive history as you can imagine. They go like they treat these mm-hmm. emails that have somehow been online for years because he's been hacked. He's been doxxed. Everybody just like shares this information widely. Mm-hmm. Um. And like they go through, like they go through it, like uh, this is Abraham Lincoln or something. <laughs> like with tips, like his talking to like girls and his failures and his like I don't know, his his fucking ode to his dead dog that he wrote, which is actually probably the the nicest thing he ever did because it wasn't really about himself. Because mm. you read the YouTube comments, because this is all available on YouTube, folks. For those sure. really interested, uh, and and this is some this is dank cinema. This is like if you're what into do you like mean go- by that? gothic King Cobra, uh, Carts of Darkness. Mm. This is part of that 
oeuvre. So if you're into, if you're down with that, if you're, if you're into like internet culture, into like how we are, where, where we got to where we are now, uh, maybe this is for you. I'm not going to say that this in any way justifies spending 20 hours of your existence following along in this documentary form, Christian. But I know I've definitely spent many hours watching Chris Chan videos because he was posting stuff on YouTube all the time, addressing the, the haters and his, and his fans. Um, there, he videotapes himself fucking a blow up doll. And he put this online. He, he, there's video of his dad, yeah, lost me. his dad coming into his bedroom saying he's going to chop the internet down. <laughs> it's time for him to get off that goddamn internet. It's, it's, it's something, uh, but, but then it also escalates and get, and eventually it does take a, a, a strange turn where, uh, Chris Chan, uh, begins to transition RJ and become a, a, a trans woman question mark. It's, it's very With the same goal in mind at the end of it. But I think it's, be, but it's like sort of like almost a blur of like incelness and uh. I don't know. And so there's like the one video of him sort of of them, I guess. I don't know how to talk about Chris Chan at this point. I haven't gotten that far into the documentary series, but where, where Chris Chan walks into a EB games and like attacks or spray, like bear sprays the room because the protest Sonic having blue arms, Sonic the Hedgehog, because it's not supposed to be Why blue arms. Why are you arms, watching RJ? this? <laughs> because... Why are you doing these things, Jared? Well, I mean, you you seem to be like describing you know Train of Busan and Antigon being fine. Mm-hmm. They're fine. I can sure. I, I can watch a documentary like this and it's like effortless. It's fine. It, it's it's no. I mean, I get something out of it. I find that uh, I'm impressed by, by the amount of effort being poured into this project to make it feel legitimate. It runs at this forty minute length that almost feels like it could be on television, uh, without the commercials. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a peculiar thing that here we are at this point in time where there's a 20-hour documentary about this this fucking guy this 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 individual this poor son of a bitch and uh talking about like their customized Pokemon cards, customized mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Um I think you should make a documentary yourself. Yeah. About the Duncans of the world. The Duncans. Well, I mean, it's, it's a fine line I, f- I sometimes feel between me and a Christian. You know, it's like, what what are the things, what are the life ch- choices that I made that prevented me from turning into this? Is it self-awareness? It's probably it, it, only... Is, is, it, is it, like, a certain, like, ability to, like, realize, hey, don't do that. Don't. Having people around me be like, don't do that. I don't think it's any of those things. I think it's just that you have a globally recognized podcast. Well, there that's, you go. That's, that's, that's my the platform. only thing. That's it. Yeah. That is the only one. Yeah. And then I come on to the other side. What's on the other side? I don't Chris wanna, Chan? I, Chris Chan. Shameful. Shameful. So that's what I've been, <laughs> that's what I've been occupying my life. Uh, you got any news for us, RJ? Uh well they delayed the Bond movie and everyone lost their fucking minds. Oh did they? Today. Oh I didn't I didn't hear about that. The uh it was supposed to come out like next month. Yeah. Or this month even and they delayed it to November because of coronavirus. Oh get, get real. 
which I mean, whether or not that's the actual reason, it doesn't really matter. But people, people are like losing their mind. They're like, I saw one guy today was like, I've had it with this shit. And it's like, it's a fucking movie, man. Relax. It'll come out when it comes out. And you know what? If this thing went in the can and it never came out, I wouldn't care. That is whatever. I, I mean, are they really counting on that China money? Is that uh, why? Well, apparently Mulan did really bad because people don't want to go to the theaters and because China did, has... Did, did Mulan come out? In China, it, it did. Oh. It's not out... Well, apparently they're having like soft showings in China or something, but like people aren't going. I don't know. It's a whole bunch of shit like that. And then it spooked everyone and they're like, we can't go. Well, I do see that there's like kind of these calls now coming out for like conventions to cancel. Like there was like the game design conference or something like that that... Uh, people are saying should be canceled. Emerald mm-hmm. Emerald City Comic Con, uh, WrestleMania. Some people said WrestleMania should be put on hold, and WWE is going to proceed. Well, we're not going to let the germ terrorists win. Hmm. Well, I mean, do you cough on people when you pass them? Well, they certainly cough at me. Yeah. Yeah, what's up with that? People in public just coughing on people all the time. Wait, maybe we do need a virus. Do you know what I mean? Like the big one? Yeah. Like a the stand type pandemic. Oh, some Captain maybe? Trips? Yeah, I'd be down with that. Where would you wind up? Say, say that everyone was gone. Where would you make way for? The coast? Probably the coast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, anyways, that's all I heard about. And I was kind of like, who cares? Who cares? Fair. People do, apparently. Well, then. Mm. Let's, uh, speaking of uh, coronavirus. And, I mean, hey, there's even talk about the the Tokyo Olympics being put on hold. Makes sense. Why don't we just cancel everything? Cancel it all. Cancel it all. Shut it down. Find out the things that are really important in life. Sure. You know what? No one ever caught a coronavirus from? Podcasts. Uh, not until they listen to ours. You can't catch Maybe that, it. You can't catch it through your years. That trauma episode, though. <laughs> well, we paid the price for that one. Yeah. We, we took on the coronavirus for the people. Huh. After the break. Ah. Uh, we're going to be checking out a movie about old people and hopefully they don't get the coronavirus. What kind though? The the bad kind. Friday, 
には申し上げられなかったんですあるよありますともあんたならきっとありますだったらお姉さんでもあるじゃありませんか自分勝手なんよもんじゃ自分が育てた子供より、いわば他人のあんたの方が、よっぽどわしらに用意してくれた。いや、ありがとう。そしたらせがんのやつ、東京は人がお言うて、上が使いとんなうてやがる。あんたどう思う育児のない話じゃろうが、関東精神言うもが何にもない。私はそんなつもりで育てたんじゃないあんたの言うことはよう分かるあんたの言うようにわしも不満じゃじゃがの沼田さんこれは世の中の親っちゅうもんの欲じゃ欲張ったらきりがないこれは諦めにゃあなとそうわしは思うたんじゃそうね既得って言うんだから行くなら早い方がいいわねこないだ来ちどうかしらうんしかし後のことも頼んでいかなきゃならんからな。しちゃうどうぞうん私の方こそあんたにあげにゃいけんのにいいえそんなことねどうぞお母様どうぞそうすみませんなじゃいただきますどうぞあんたもいろいろ入りようが多いんじゃろうにこんなことまでしてもろうて本当に何と言うたらええかありがとうよのりさんありがとうさあお母様そろそろそう私になってしまうた
And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Tokyo Story from 1953, directed by Yasujiro Ozu. The tagline for this film, RJ, I was Uh, surprised uh that this had a tagline. Mm -hmm. As long as life goes on, relationships between parents and children will bring boundless joy and endless grief. It's It's got a ring to it. It's a, I mean, it's nice and short. That's what I like about it. It's, it's to the point, Jarrett. It's like, you know, there was other taglines like in space, no one hear you scream or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> there's right too, too right, much. It's right up there though. I mean, yeah, it, it's right up. There. They tried, they tried with that. Sure. They tried. Yeah. yeah. What, what else do you want? Right. Yeah. Story beyond the wildest imagination. It was like, Hey, sure. boundless joy and endless grief. Are they talking about their movie or our when podcast? Or, you know, when there, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. That's a slogan for our podcast, right? 100%. 100%. The synopsis for the film. Mm-hmm. The elderly Shukishi and his wife, Tomi, take the long mm-hmm. journey from their small seaside village to visit their adult children in Tokyo. Their elder son, Koichi, a doctor, and their daughter, Shiji, a hairdresser, don't have much time to spend with their aged parents, and so it falls to Noriko, the widow of their younger son, who was killed in the war, to keep her in-laws company. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what happens in this movie. That is. So this mm-hmm. is a movie I watched for the very first time about five years ago. Mm-hmm. I had just started to, like, I'd heard about this Ozu guy, and mm-hmm. I think the first movie of his I watched was Floating Weeds, which will be a future creep. Okay. And I was kind of like, oh, this seems very mannered. I I don't know about this. I don't know about this Ozu. I, I had a feeling. This guy, his name, it's Ozu. I mean, how exciting, what does that mean? How exciting is he going to be? Ivan Ooze was a pretty exciting guy. Uh, Ivan Ooze. <laughs> Yeah, and that's kind of close in name, right? Right. So, I mean, I think when we were talking about that Bresson, talking about uh, Paul Schrader, talking about transcendental film, mm-hmm. transcendental cinema, and mm-hmm. Ozu was one of those dudes that gets brought up in that context. Him sure. and Dreyer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, I like Japanese cinema. But sure this do. Ozu, he's got these movies like Autumn Afternoon, Good Morning. And you're just kind of mm-hmm. like, man, wake me up when it's over. So, I mean, but, but you always hear about Tokyo story. Tokyo story mm-hmm. seems to be like the, the, the top of the pile. And so, you know, you, you're trying to take these movies off of best of list that you haven't seen yet. And I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe it's time. I'll just knock this Ozu out of the way, get him, get this over with. And we'll see if what's the big deal about Tokyo mm-hmm. story. So watch that Tokyo story. And, uh, you know, First half of that movie, when you're watching it that first time, it's a mm-hmm. it's a little slow, you know. It's just like sure. okay, these uh these olds, they're uh going into the city, they're gonna go visit their kids. Great, mm-hmm. that's a story as old as time itself. Sure, it's a that generational gap, and uh, you know they're all kind of amused that they're like grandkids are kind of like little jerks that run away, don't want to spend any time with them, and they just kind of laugh it off politely every single time. <laughs> And these these mm-hmm. adult these adult kids living their own lives, they're kind of mm. like they don't have much time for these people. They're like, oh, they're such an inconvenience. Can't we just like pay for them to like go away? And uh, maybe we can offload them on our uh, 
dead brother's uh, widow. Maybe she'll mm-hmm. she'll take care of things. She seems to enjoy doing things for the family. Sure, she does. Sure, she does. So mm-hmm. you just you meet these people, and uh, you just kind of see their adventures. Their adventures. I mean, that seems to almost uh, oversell what they get up to because it seems mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty like mundane things. You know. Oh yes. You know. Eventually, we get a, like one of the climaxes is uh, Grandpa gets drunk. He, he he meets up with some buddies. And uh, they get loaded on that sake, and uh, they stumble on home with the help of a policeman. Uh, and they're like, mm-hmm. you know, their kids are just like, Jesus, Dad, I thought you stopped this. But it's not even in that like Alexander Payne sort of like American style that this movie would be told. It's very mm-hmm. like non judgmental, and it's very like matter of fact in his presentation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they go on this little trip, they get sent off to like a it's like sort of a spa spa and yeah. you know they're like oh it's real nice and they they enjoy themselves but it turns out it's kind of like a real like swinging place for the for the youthful types you know i guess mm-hmm. you know who are like you know probably banging whatever, whatever. they're doing what chair probably some banging going on okay okay and uh they're they can't even get some sleep because there's so much banging and drinking and partying going on so this was not a very well researched place by their daughter to send them off to. Um, grandma's getting, you know, she feels a little dizzy. Not didn't get enough sleep. Come back, they're like, well, you know, maybe we should head back. And they're like, oh no, you shouldn't be doing that. I mean, you're hardly here, but you know, you know, they don't really want them there at all. They stop on the trip. Mom's not feeling too great. They stop by visit one of their other kids that kind of lives in between, and. Uh, then, then you kind of get to the the as the movie just keeps building, and this is just like the story stuff because yep. they, you know, grandma's getting sick. Grandma's not feeling well. Takes a turn for the worst. The we don't have cell phones and internet and texting. We got to send it uh, by a telegram. Telegram updates. Critically ill. We find out. Like all the all the all the big moments of this movie are like not presented. We don't we don't get to see off panel. Yeah, they're off panel. You, you don't get to see like them taking the trains. You mm-hmm. you get to see all these in between interest. You get to see like the interstitial stuff. That's what the story is about. You, all these big things like suddenly the drama that would kick in with like oh my collapse. It's like nope, you don't get to see that. You don't get to mm-hmm. see anything like that. You don't see uh, spoilers. You don't <sighs> get you don't see Tommy die. She, it's just one day. It's like well. There's there's a little uh, piece of cloth over her face and everyone's sitting mm-hmm. around her. That's it. There's no big moment. Yeah, I think that's the inspiration to the Junji Ito comic, uh, to- Tomi, isn't it? That exact, <laughs> that exact playout. The yes, of course, of course, similar, right? Similar, sure, of course. But yeah, you don't see that. No, you just come after. Um, and then yeah, you it just kind of uh, at this point you get the the pile on of just like oh these uh these kids of theirs. They're, some of them are kind of shitty. They're, mm-hmm. kind, of, they're kind of uh bad people. Mm-hmm. And, and then like, but not everyone's bad. And then even like the people that aren't even related to them. They're like way better. They treat them way nicer than their mm-hmm. own kids. And then it kind of just goes out on this note. And uh, yeah, I mean, the first time I watched Tokyo Story, I was like, that movie's fucking amazing. <laughs> I why, why why how how is this such a simple movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, with this like not much of a story or plot. But it's it's all about the telling of uh, real life in a way that, and sometimes it doesn't work. But here uh, it works pretty magnificently. And mm-hmm. uh, watching this the second time, 
I had some apprehension. I was like, man, I've been here before. I thought something was like absolutely amazing the first time. And on second watch, it's like, okay, maybe it doesn't work as well. It, it doesn't like sweep me up as well as it did. But RJ, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. it, it, it worked the same way for me. This movie's okay. still amazing. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, you get to see, because I knew where it's going, all the stuff in the beginning makes so much more sense. And uh, it doesn't seem mm-hmm. slow at all. It all is like, oh, man. Because I know where it's going. Like, all the interactions make sense. Uh, these characters really do come across as really fleshed out. I mean, mm-hmm. you could say that they're like tropes and there's not a lot of information, but there's a lot of subtlety in those mm-hmm. reactions, in those uh, interactions, in the way that they they behave. Um, even in, for the second, for the first half, knowing where it ends near the end, I kept thinking like, why did I think the kids were so bad? Like, I mean, yeah. like, but then of course, when he gets to that last bit, you're like, oh, right. <laughs> the, yeah. That's why I thought this all the, this whole time after watching the movie, those are the things that stick with you. And uh, yeah, watching the movie again, it almost tricks you and kind of wipes you of those thoughts. Cause you're like, what was that? I, they, maybe they're not so bad. They're just people like us. Just, mm-hmm. I'm just like them. I could be guilty of this stuff just as them, as they are. Being just, you know, inconsiderate people. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, watching it all over again, boy, it uh, comes all back together. Man. And I sure. haven't even begun to talk about the absolute beauty of this movie. Tell me about uh, it. I don't know if you recall, RJ, from Good Morning, mm-hmm. the tatami mat shots. Mm-hmm. where uh, the camera is always at this kind of low angle and it perfectly frames those rooms uh, in this like kind of like perfect geometric forms, the verticals, mm-hmm. the horizontals, how like everything is so uh, curated as far as like what people are wearing, mm-hmm. how, how they move through the space. Uh, it's it's like, it's so effortless. It, the whole movie is always, the movies look to me like very uh, effortless in how they're presented. It doesn't feel constructed, but it very clearly is like a, like blocked off composited space, but it, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't draw itself. It doesn't draw attention to itself like a Wes Anderson movie, which is like impossible spaces that are very cinematic. Mm-hmm. This feels like very like believable. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, even when the characters are like looking at you, the 180 degree uh, rule is being broken constantly as characters are talking to one another uh, and they, they're looking directly at the camera when they're talking to one another. It's, it, it works. It, it's, it shouldn't work. Um, mm-hmm. And it does. So that, the, the I mean, yeah, the, the cost, like just the costumes, the, the design, which is all like reminded me of uh, the good morning stuff and like those exterior shots those are kind of like establishing shots of the outside. Those, yeah. those, those roof lines. Um, there's the one shot in this that I think is like absolutely like amazing where, uh, it's kind of the, the clothes hangers, like the outside where the clothes are drying off. And there's a shot of them kind of in close up. And then behind that's this hill where, uh, Tommy, the grandmother's with her grandson. And it's just like, it looks so good. And I mean, knowing where the story's going, there's like kind of mm-hmm. this like added, sadness of like her saying oh i wonder if i'll see him grow up and it's like it's sure it's like kind of over dramatic maybe it but mm-hmm. it, but it seems like very genuine and it's like yeah people actually do probably think about that um mm-hmm. they they don't want to talk about it out loud because it's too sad but uh there it is and it's like there's everything in this feels very real and uh you know you have like this very honest uh conversation between uh Sushi, Shukishi and uh, Tomi about like, they're like, oh, you know, some people, some grandparents like their grandkids more than their own children. 
And they're like, oh, how do you feel about that? Mm, I think I like my kids more. So do I. <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. no, no one says that, at least uh, in this, in our neck of the woods anyway. It seems mm-hmm. like it's like very much, they seem to be like parents overcompensate and uh, try to do a better job with their grandkids than they do with their own children. Because the, the, the damage is done, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a do-over and I can be, I can parachute in and out and be like, hey, I'm I'm the awesomest, and then everyone loves grandpa and grandma. In this, mm-hmm. it's kind of like mm. <laughs> it's like maybe these kids are little assholes, and uh, maybe 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 mm-hmm. we have too too high of expectations. And uh, I would hope RJ that you took mm-hmm. a, a screenshot of the kind of the closing conversation uh, back and forth between um, Noriko and the younger daughter of mm-hmm. <laughs> was it isn't life unfair or isn't life disappointing followed by yes it is yes it is uh i think i have a few of those i have uh some interesting screenshots i would say so interesting i'll hand it off to you rj uh sure i I, I think tokyo story is uh a real masterpiece Mm -hmm. um it's uh it is the uh top shelf criterion i think Mm -hmm. it's the so far the best movie we've seen for a while uh, it's up, I mean, it's up there with Umberto D. I think it's better than Umberto D. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, this movie is amazing. And, uh, I wonder what you thought of this story from Tokyo. Well, you know, I like that good morning. Yeah. Well, I like I, those fart see, sounds. See, that's the thing. It's like that movie had those like farts and that, that mm. the, the cutest kid who's ever existed mm-hmm. in the world. Very true. Uh, so here, here's what I'll say to you, Jer. Um, this will be one of those, uh, long like infamous episodes on the youtube that people will hate me for uh and it'll be one of those ones that we butt heads on uh not like not even butting heads but i think it's good but i don't think it's amazing and me just the act of me saying that i think people are going to attack me on uh, youtube and that's fine whatever uh i like tokyo story I think it's a good show. I understand what they were doing with a lot of it. But at the same time, when I when I just finished watching it, I was kind of like, hmm. I was like, I kind of wanted more from that, from what I've heard about it, because I knew it was the most popular Ozu movie. And then uh, in the, <coughs> excuse me, in the coming days afterwards, I was like, uh, if I had time today, I was going to watch it again with commentary because I was like, I was like, I was like, am I wrong on this? I was like, is it better than I thought it was? I did get to watch actually. Um, I watched one of the follow-ups to this on the Criterion channel. It was like talking with Ozu, which is not the case. Uh, it was like directors talking about Ozu. Right. It was like it was like guys like Paul Schrader. It was like he's like, hello, my name is Paul Schrader. Paul he's like, Schrader. He's like, I am a director. Um. Uh. He's like, and I watched Ozu for the first time, uh, and it's just like people talking about how they watched ozu and i was like okay 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 so i was watching uh i watched that one and then i watched like a couple of the interview movies and i was like i was like okay uh i was trying to get a little bit more jared a little bit more so uh i think it's good and there are a few things that i like quite a bit about it but i also there's something i don't know what it is there's something that holds me back from like really really enjoying it and being invested in it and that's it's okay right it's all right. It's okay for me to feel like that, right, Jared? 
So here, here, here's the thing. You know what this movie reminded me of a lot? Did mm. you ever have a friend that like you'd go to their house and uh, your friend would like get into screaming arguments with their parents and be like, you, you're dumb idiot, you piece of shit. And then you'd be like, whoa. Nope. I'd never talk to my parents like that. Nope. Were you that friend? No. No? Okay, good. Okay, well, who, I had... Who hurt you? No one hurt me, but I had a friend who was like that. And I remember whenever I'd go over there, I'd be like, man, I'd be like, it's a pretty mean thing to say to your mom. Like, she just wants to, like, make you happy and stuff. And then I never really understood why he was like that. And then I was watching this one, too, and I was like, I understand the idea about, like, these kids who kind of, like, they're either entitled or they take for granted, like, uh, what their parents like set up for them and then even like whether it's intentional or not uh they just like i don't know don't treat their parents with the the amount of like care that they receive and i was like yeah there's a lot of people out there in the world like that and i was like i try not to be and i was like and then so i like i don't know i don't think that i have like a uh ideal rainbow of a relationship with any of my family members either but uh watching this i was like yeah i know there's a ton of people like that but i was like i don't i don't think it hits me the same way that it might people who do feel like that like either say don't connect with their family members or feel alienated from them or things like that because i feel like that would really get you and maybe not maybe you have maybe you have a family that you all get along really well and you're just Mm -hmm. like you're just like yeah i've seen people like this in the outside world and that makes me sad and this movie makes me sad because those people exist and i get that yeah so uh i don't know i i was just watching it and i was just i I don't even know what it was i was like uh i was like i know that these people are out there and they make me sad but uh the movie itself isn't really hitting it yet for me and uh maybe it's like you said when you rewatched it and you saw more of the things kind of leading up to it maybe that would have uh lot hit more for you but uh there there are things that i i like a lot about it because uh, i actually do like this movie i just don't think it's uh um it's the the top five or anything like that i i, I would never say that uh so there are a lot of things i do like i like the kind of quiet life aspects to it that you mentioned where a lot of things happen off screen and it's like yeah i like that because life is quiet the majority of your life is probably you like kicking around at home just hanging out and not talking to anyone i don't know maybe not maybe you're a real wild child you go out there and do things but a lot of my life is just hanging out at home and doing things so i was like yeah that's i like that he kind of focuses on those parts more than like say the train or the wife getting sick or the mother getting sick and stuff i was like yeah a life is a lot of those like kind of subdued things because it's how it is uh and then i do like how he builds up the treatment of the grandparents uh, to the point where it's like when you see the grandkids and the grandkids like don't want none of it, but then the parents don't really in- enforce it at all because well, the- neither do the grandparents, like neither do they. Well, no, no. And, but like, so like say when the grandma wants to take the kids for a walk, it's like, come on for a walk. And then the older kids like, fuck, I'm not going Mm -hmm. on a walk with you. And then the mom tries. She's like, you you go for a walk. And then she's like, she's like, I tried. I couldn't really do it. Um, And so they kind of like let it go. But it's also reflected on like how the doctor's son had to leave. And the wife was like, maybe you should. He's like, do you got it? It's like, yeah, I got to. So it's, it's got some layers in that sense where it's like the grandparents just want to hang out with all of them. 
but the kids, the doctor and wife, they have their own things that they have to go to. And then they do that to their kids because the kid is like, this always happens. And then the kids don't want to hang out with the grandparents either. It's, it's how life is, right? Mm -hmm. Life gets busy and then then that kind of stuff happens. So I, I do like all of that. I think it gets scaled really well where they kind of build up to it. And then I even like the, uh, the scene where the grandpa goes out with, uh, the, his old friends and the one guy's like, He's like, my kid sucks. He's like, I lie about him all the time. He's like, but to be honest, I'm just kind of disappointed in him. And he's like, yeah, I feel like that's probably a pretty common sentiment too for a lot of people where say they have kids and you want them to excel to be something else and they don't. And I was like, yeah, I get it. So I I like all the things that go into uh, Tokyo Story. And uh, don't get me wrong, Jared. I do think it's a good movie. But uh, I don't think it's the masterpiece and so I, I will welcome all of my youtube hate you can tell me about how i'm wrong all the people who comment that's fine whatever uh i do i do like it it's a good show i just um i don't know maybe i'll rewatch it one day and i'll get more out of it you know what i mean you know what i mean <laughs> right. uh when's this uh rewatch gonna happen uh it should have happened this week with the commentary but uh, i didn't i didn't get it i don't know maybe next ozu we have which is in this calendar year maybe i don't yes. know no it's fine i mean like it's like i said like it's a movie that i like i just think it's for what all of it's doing i it's so well done like for this yep. it's, it's for such a simple story the way it's told like i don't think there's any fault with it at all like i mm-hmm. watching it again i was like this movie is like pretty perfect it's two hours and 15 minutes for me mm-hmm. it just blew by like i honestly just like i was like huh that's like so it's such a breath of fresh air to watch something that like i'm not like checking my watch and going oh another hour to go oh Mm -hmm. 50 minutes to go i was just kind of like oh good like i was into it like i was uh very much uh uh, caught up in the story and there's not much of a story it's just like i'm like i loved watching the movie as Mm -hmm. a as a movie and just like there's always something like in like there's no blown shots. Like it's always like, oh hey, uh it's just a room with people talking. And or like yeah. the, the probably the worst person in the story is the the oldest daughter, the hairdresser. Oh yeah. Uh, so she because there's like the scene where like her parents come in and they're like, Oh, who's that? to like uh, a, a client asks, Who who are those people? And they're like, Oh, they're friends from the country. And it's like, mm-hmm. wow, that's uh <laughs> <laughs> like, well, oh, she sucks. Like that's a pretty horrible thing. And of course, she's the she's the family member who's like the one that like, oh, I really want that uh, mm-hmm. that clothing of my dead mother. Uh, can you grab that before we leave? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, we came out here for the funeral. Time to go. We gotta be get be back by the end of the day. Like we have to we have to leave. Like there's no putting life on pause. And then I mean, you have the um, because it's Kyoko who is the mm-hmm. youngest daughter who's still living with uh, the parents and, mm-hmm. ba- and basically taking care of them. And I guess she's a school teacher, I, I believe. Because like, uh, at the very end, like it, yeah, yeah, at the very end, you see her kind of looking over. So she's like probably like fairly young and basically just like, hasn't married or anything like that. Has kind of taken on the role in the family of the one that's uh, going to look after them because uh, Kaizo, the young son, he's like a 
mechanic or he he works at the train station or something like that and so he's like he's got to leave too but he's like well maybe i can hang around but as soon as the other uh siblings are leaving he's like oh yeah no nah, i gotta i gotta catch that baseball game Be- and they're just like leaving their their dad behind and uh mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. when you're left with the uh like the very last scene of this movie i think is just like so like low-key because i don't know a lot of the, I mean, it's always hard to say, like when watching a foreign language movie, how good acting actually is. I know mm-hmm. some people pretend like they really know when they see it, but I, I don't. But there's like this scene where uh, uh, Suchichi, uh, he's like kind of like just sitting there by himself, and like one of the neighbors stops by, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh man, you're gonna have a lot of time. <laughs> like it's it's gonna be really lonely. It's, 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 it's so lonely. It's gonna be really lonely." He's like. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I think the, the days I think are going to get a lot longer now. And mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, well, talk to you later. And then she leaves. And then there's this shot of him, and he just, like, looks off. And he's not, like, doing anything other than, like, looking off into the distance. And you see his, like, Adam's apple, like, do this big, long, gulpy swallow. And that's it. And I'm like, holy mm-hmm. shit. Like, that is so sad. <laughs> that's, like, way worse than, like, I don't know. Like, as far as, like, oh, that really gets it across uh, the – being in that situation. And the movie's like not like trying to hang or labor that point of like that. There's other movies that do do that. Mm-hmm. But this is just like, nope, it's just another step in the life. I mean, you, you don't even see the death part. You just see like the aftermath and he's just like all smile still. And there's a lot of that, um, that, that Japanese politeness. That's the, the smile. Mm-hmm. And, but it's mm-hmm. like masking this, this sadness underneath that I think, pops up a lot in their writing and literature and in the mm-hmm. movies it's like this is a movie that's like dealing with that pretty directly uh in a way that a lot of movies don't and so one other thing too with this is this so this movie is actually kind of a remake of the i, I saw that yeah but, but uh, i couldn't find the original well, I, tr- I looked it, it, it's, it wasn't on the criterion channel was it well it is a criterion creep in down the road Oh, it's down the road. Yeah. Oh well, I'm yeah. glad I didn't watch it then. Yeah, Never I, mind. that's uh, when I'll rewatch Tokyo Story. Yeah, it's uh, Make Way for Tomorrow by Leo McCary from 1937. The American, it's an American movie, mm. and it, it's like a very, it's got a Seth cover, which is one mm. of the reasons I did buy it. And I've seen a lot, some people really enjoy it. Mm. Uh, I thought it was. I think it's okay. I don't think it, it's near as uh, masterful as uh, Tokyo <laughs> Story, but uh-huh. it's the same idea of kind of like a unappreciative kids and an old couple that are just kind of making their way through life. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I'm think... glad you like this movie a lot. Yeah, no, I, I, I really do love mm-hmm. it. I, I, I think it's the best Ozu movie. Um, come what's coming up next for him. That will be, I think floating weeds is the next one. And I think yeah. that one I think is okay. Some people think that's like also like just as good, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, Late spring, uh, actually, that's really I don't I honestly haven't watched as many as I thought I had, but yeah, mm. late late spring's amazing. Uh, good morning, uh, really enjoyed that, and then like I haven't seen like autumn afternoon yet, but, but mm-hmm. I, I look longingly over at my Blu-ray of it, and there's like, another of his old movies just came out too recently on Blu-ray I think just from Criterion. So there's no stop in that Ozu train. Did he do a Fast and the Furious eight or was it nine? Uh, I'm not sure. It's one of those later ones, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, he's work. Yeah. He's he's working from heaven. Of course. Who isn't? Yeah. Who isn't? No, I'm I'm uh, I'm glad that you like it because even though I don't think it's as amazing as you do, I 
don't get agitated that someone else likes something that I don't like as much as them. You know what I mean, Jeremy? YouTube people. Uh, no, I, I, I am actually glad that you like it. I, I do think it's a good movie. It's just, uh, I uh, I don't know. I, I, f- I wanted to like it more than I did. And after I watched it, I was like, hmm. I was like, I feel like I should have liked that more. For whatever reason, I didn't. Maybe I'm just in a funk. You ever get in a funk, Jer? I feel like I am in a funk always. Oh, oh. So, and then this was one of the the high points for you. You're like, oh, something I know and I like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what can I watch to get out of a funk? Well, I mean, what? It's going to be uh, Friday the Thirteenth next week. Ooh. Or as people recommend all the time, maybe I should just watch American Sniper. If, oh. I mean, if Tokyo Story isn't what's for me, maybe that is. Who, who are you hanging out with over there? People who comment on YouTube. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um... It's more I, your speed. It's more your it's speed. It's more, more my speed. Uh, no, it's good. Like, I do think it's a good show. Um, I do like the build-up for uh, how they kind of layer every... Or, like, they build up to all those things. And uh, I, do, I do really like the sentiment of people that, like, connect more to non-family members uh like the daughter-in-law and how like they kind of like take her in and she's more appreciative of it because it is easy to lose sight of what's important right sure right sure it's easy to lose sight of that sometimes and then when uh, you have someone with a maybe a pair of fresh eyes it's it's new again or something like that but um it doesn't come with some of the other baggage especially like kids and parents right because kids they go in that weird wave where they love parents and then they hate parents and then they're maybe friends with their parents afterwards. But it's like, you know, sometimes parents, they can't be friends. They got to be parents, right, Cher? And and that doesn't make the best friend. It's true. You know what I mean? It is very true. And then they grow resentful of it. And it's like, yeah, I get it. I get you, Ozu. <laughs> I, I wish I, I – I was really trying, like, other than the full movie with the commentary, I wanted to watch more stuff about – about this movie but a lot of it was like stuff i didn't want to watch like on the criterion channel like it was um there was the ones i did watch was talking with ozu which was nothing it was just directors talking about what they thought of ozu and then like their own movies kind of like selfishly and i was like all right whatever uh and then i watched like a four minute video of some jamaican guy talking about uh this movie and uh it was really nice because he was talking about like how he related to it and i was like oh i wish i had that experience watching this movie but then the other ones i was like one of them was it was like an hour long documentary about the guy who played the old grandpa and i was like "Eh." it's like i don't really feel like watching that you know (laughs) you know don't blame me on that one yeah, so uh, I I wanted I really just wanted something with Ozu himself, but even the commentary was like, I don't know whoever wrote the essay or something like that. It was some a name I didn't recognize. I was like, yeah, mm, I wonder. Yeah. It was. So, so, so I so, do I do have this bad boy on Blu-ray, but I did not really delve into those those supplementals. I think there's two commentary tracks. Uh, so there was, I think one was uh, the daughter-in-law uh like her commentary and then one was some just like a random oh, guy audio commentary featuring yasujiro ozu scholar david desser editor of ozu's tokyo story scholar they say yeah we're, we're I, like, I mean we're like scholars too right i think i could do a really good commentary for um 
like uh, some kind of fart movie. Like Good Morning. Like Good Morning. I would love to do a commentary for Good Morning. So in like that, that's where it falls with me. I uh, I liked Good Morning more, but uh, I do see the merit of Tokyo Story. I think it's a good show. I just wish I liked it more. That's all. Well, you want to hear from some people who hated Tokyo Story? How could you hate it, though, you know? Like, how could you? Um, well, Gotsen Damarong gave it, gave it half a star five years ago. Mm-hmm. Boring, politically correct, statist bullshit playing on the emotions of the involated fool. Um, Involuted? <laughs> what? That's so weird. What do they mean by... Uh politically correct because it's it's so square man so here's a goatsing damarungs from montreal apparently uh here's their bio jared stendhal syndrome here i come and then they have a what all their stars mean and uh, number two uh two stars means lesbian porn featuring mother Teresa. sick man I, i can feel the state collapsing I, I it's it's happening but uh you know they gave five stars to split a movie that you like Ooh. quite a bit <sighs> fight club lucy oh, lucy boy. come on cube i know there's other good movies in here too but uh this person uh not a good person jared all their half stars are like they look like shorts like just short films from the 1800s. Oh, why would you give that a half a star? It's a short film from 1891 from William K.L. Dixon. <laughs> it's a minute long. There's a bunch of them, and they gave them all half stars. It's like... I see I see this uh, Godson scheme. Yeah, I see. We see through you and your Stendhal syndromes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Next up, Paragraph Film Reviews. One star. Okay. Tokyo Story. Two pensioners from the country visit their children in the big smoke of Tokyo. The plot is almost non non existent as the plotting inconsequential okay. family drama, and I use that term very lightly, highlights the mm. difference in values between the older pre World War II generation and that of their children and grandchildren. To make matters worse, to make uh, matters okay. even less exciting, the camera work is dull and, for the most part, completely static, paired with plain and flat editing and direction. After the first hour, it begins to feel more like an endurance test, and it definitely feels longer than its 136-minute runtime. In fairness, from a historic point of view, the film works best as a snapshot of Japanese life and a turning point in the culture. There's also a few touching scenes like the old guys talking about losing kids in the war and how they all feel let down by their surviving children. As a period drama, this one is passable, but you just sit yearning for some plot or drama. 0% escapist and 0% cinematic. I don't think it's mm-hmm. a completely terrible film, but that it relates to older generations. I feel like I'll watch this in 30 years' time and be devastated, but for now, it's more like Tokyo Bori. <clears throat> Good one, brah. Good one. I feel like this is either a new account or something else because most of their r- movies are rated on January 16th. Yep. Uh, this bad dude gave Surf Nazis Must Die a half a star. So it's only half as good as Tokyo Story. Only half, but also just Lars Van Trier movies, Antichrist and Melancholia, half a star, Tree of Life, half a star. But uh, they only have 
five five star movies, Jared. Can you guess? The Matrix, Die Hard, Infernal Affairs, Gladiator, and The Raid. Holy shit. I don't know what this Infernal Affairs is. Oh, I don't know. That's the basis of uh, The Departed. Oh. Well, there you Horror. go. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could be. I don't know. Let's see. From 2002, Chang Wing yep. Yan, oh, yeah. a young police officer, has been sent undercover. There okay. you go. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So what are you going to do? They just gave Evil Tunes one and a half stars. Oh, so it's better than Tokyo Story. <laughs> Apparently. Okay. I don't know. I've never seen Evil Tunes, but uh, maybe it is. Maybe. Maybe. And mm-hmm. finally... One star from Clayton Purdom. Okay. Right at the bottom, I think, there. Gotcha. This film is a true testament to the power of cinema to be extremely lame and boring. <laughs> oh, gabagool. Uh, this person's kind of lame and boring. They only have 48 movies logged on my... This is like, oh. the, this is like the anti-Tokyo story hit team coming together. Yeah, it's strange, eh? Like, their favorite films are good films, like Dead Ringers, Paprika, Playtime. Gosh. They just don't have a lot logged. They've only given five stars to F for Fake and Akira. And then uh, their only half-star films are Rio, the animated film, The Secret Lives of Pets 2, and then uh, something called Five Centimeters Per per Second. Okay, yeah, that's an anime. Yeah, so just animated films that they really just don't like. And then Tokyo Story at one star. For some, for whatever reason. Hmm. Oh, they of... just gave Joker two stars. Oh, boy. And Serpico and Alita Battle Angel two stars. Anyways. I mean, I'm just skimming it on some other ones. A lot of people are incredibly boring with irritating editing that made it look like they would say one line of dialogue then cut. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like, you know? What do you mean? I respect this movie. I really do. It uses some of the most unique editing techniques I've ever seen, but they just don't work for me and make this movie kind of hard to watch. What do you mean? Okay, so I I was trying to find these people, but every single review I see here is like... Oh, shit. Red red Master with one and a half star. I could compose a better image with my ass than Ozu putting the most effort. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh, Gabagool, check this out. You know what their favorite films are? What? Only God Forgives and Glass. What the fuck? Oh, Jesus. They just gave Robocop one and a half stars. And then High Life, that sperm movie, four and a half stars. So, so here's uh, another one. One and a half star. Dig Bick. Dig Bick? I D- see him. Dig, Dig Bick. Should have been boring. Wasn't that boring. Still boring, though. Cameras on the ground. Immersive. Hooray. Um, I don't know what this person's trying to do. They only have 30 films logged. They gave Empire Strikes Back two stars. Uh, Wolf of Wall. And then, like, it's just, like, Come and See. They just gave one and a half stars. Like, there's no films on here. It's like, are you just starting or? I feel like No, these a... are from two years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I... abandoned. 
Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of people was, this writer, T-Hom, this writer was thoroughly bored by this classic piece of cinema. While some of the cinematography, but only some, was cool and beautiful, much was uninteresting. The characters were all archaic stereotypes that did not hold up. Also, and this was probably the worst part, all of the acting was on a strange gradient of terrible. The performances were awkwardly staged and just did not translate on screen. Okay, I... uh... I'm going to be mean for a minute, Jarrett. Yeah. This person is not a good person. Here's their bio. I'm a filmmaker. I am also a film watcher. I specialize in good films and even sometimes watch mediocre ones. Oh. Uh, their favorite films also include Die Hard. And he's got a lip ring. Uh, he's got a lip ring. Uh, here's some other five-star films. A Quiet Place. The Fifth Element. Baby Driver. Contact, which is an okay movie, but five stars. It is not, my friend. Uh, Boyhood, The Usual Suspects. Uh, The Raid, again, apparently people who hate Tokyo Story just fucking love The Raid. Um, (laughs) And they also love Die Hard. And Die Hard, yeah. Pulp Fiction, The Departed, and Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Straight off the uh, top 250 of IMDb. And their half-star films are just... Just things with um, fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme, apparently. Oh, Greasy Strangler, half a star. That seems unfair. There you go. That seems unfair. That tells tells you the whole story. Uh Uh-huh. What do you think Corpse will think of Tokyo Story? Uh, I bet Corpse would be okay with it. Um, I mean, Corpse seems like a family guy. He's always talking about those family movies like... um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. That's a big family movie, or uh, Greasy Strangler, for that matter. That's a it's a father and son film. So, I think uh, Corpse would be on board with this bad boy. Mm-hmm. Who's who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Well, mm-hmm. that's it. I think that's fine. Yeah. After the break, RJ will begin to do penance for his. Wrong opinion about a movie once again, and the the hate that he receives on YouTube will be just and well deserved, as always. It's like that's I'm fine with that, but it's like you know it's the Jared scale. Me saying that I think the movie is good, and then people will attack me because I didn't think the movie was great. You know, just do that seppuku thing right now. Get it over with. The what? RJ, 
when your when your parents are dead, what what a piece Jesus. of clothing are you going to get off of their closet first uh, before the, before the other siblings get there? Um. When did you think of that? Did you just come up with that, or did you think that a couple days ago? No, I just thought of that just a second. How would you respond to this question, Eric? <laughs> well, I was wondering if you're a real ghoul, you know? Wondering uh, if you really live the gimmick. Have I ever been? Well, I mean, you do a podcast special called Ghoul School. Uh, uh, I, I co-host on a podcast called Ghoul School. I, we all know who the real ghoul is. I think your okay? hesitation is shocking. I mean, I think uh, alludes to the fact that you don't want to talk about it to expose your true ghoulness. Maybe I just don't want it to be known what I, yeah, you, you don't, I, you don't I want, desire. You don't want Louie to know because he'll be like, fuck, that's mine, buddy. He might be all over it. He might be. No. Who's to say? You can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com and talk about what you want out of your dead parents. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We've got a Patreon. We've got YouTube. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Mm-hmm. Next mm-hmm. week, Spine 218, Jean-Pierre Melville's Le Circle Rouge from 1970. RJ, with you being in Colorado, how are you going to watch this? I won't. Oh. I I haven't watched like 10 out of the last 20 of these movies, and you, you haven't noticed, so. That's true. Mm-hmm. I think I'll be fine. Cool. Well, I mean, it's our uh, another entry in the Goofy French Bastards uh, tag, so. Goofy French Bastards? Do you know why I do that? Because you're a xenophobe. Because he's French, man. They're crazy. They're wild. Crazy guys. Wild and crazy guys. From the man who brought us Bob Flamble. Steve Martin? Good night. Huh?